come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Welcome to PreachingChrist.org, the preaching ministry of Father Patrick Malone, Vicar of Holy Cross Anglican Church in Milwaukee. If you have any questions about the Bible or the Christian life, contact us at Patrick at PreachingChrist.org. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is We were going through a series just prior to Advent through the Epistle to the Ephesians, and this morning I would like to return to that series. And on the back of your weekly propers sheet, it's the one with the scriptures and everything in it, you can find the scriptures that we are going to be looking at this morning. Or... As I would encourage you, uh, please bring your Bibles. Anglicanism has historically been a church of three books. uh, The hymnal, the book of common prayer, and ultimately, and most importantly, the Bible. Let me read for you the passages that we we will be looking at this morning. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave up himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Paul wrote to the people in Ephesus, the believers there, which were a mixture of Jews and Greeks, He wrote to them to remind them of two important things. Now remember, uh, there were Jewish converts. For the Jews, Jesus was the fulfillment of everything that Moses and the prophets had foretold. So transitioning for the early Jewish Christians was basically receiving and embracing Jesus as the Messiah who was foretold throughout all of scriptures. So Jesus was the fulfillment of everything that they were told. For the Greeks, this was a very foreign idea. There were many things that the Greek Christians, the Gentile Christians, had to change and adapt to. But Paul wanted the Christians in Ephesus, whether they had a Jewish background or whether they had a Gentile background, to remember those two things are that you are in Christ and you are in Ephesus. And those two things are necessary for us to remember. That the Christian is in Christ, but we live in Milwaukee in Brookfield, in Waukesha, in Wauwatosa. We live in a culture that is starkly different from the kingdom of God. And we need to constantly be reminded of that. It is so easy, especially in our American culture, to assimilate into 
the priorities, the thinking, and the culture at large to think that the kingdom of God and the United States of America or the kingdom of God and Great Britain or the kingdom of God and insert the name of your favorite country are equal and they're the same things. And they are not. They are not. There was debauchery. There was idol worship. There was mixed priorities. There was self-serving attitudes that were part of the Ephesian culture. And all of those things are present today. Trying to assimilate and synthesize Ephesian culture and Christian culture. Minimizing the radical commitment that Christ wants the Ephesians to make. And it's easy for us to do that today. And so we come to this radical statement in verse 1 of chapter 5, where Paul says, Therefore, be an imitator of God. That is an astounding statement. Be an imitator of God. The word imitator is a word that we get from what we get our word mimic. Mimic God. Well, how do we mimic God? How do we imitate God? God is eternal. God has been forever. He is completely different from us. Yes, we have conquered our little portion of the sky. We've conquered the seas. We've conquered lands. There's hardly a stitch of farmable land that doesn't have people on it. But still, how do we imitate God? And I'm going to read a quote from Simon Kissemacher as he comments on this passage. We've conquered space. We've dragged God down to the level of a benign Santa Claus. It may not seem outrageous to strive to imitate God, but if, by the grace of the real living God, when he says, be still and know that I am God, we have retained some meaning of this crisp command to imitate him that this may baffle us. We stand in awe before his majesty. How can we imitate him who has not fallen? How can we imitate him who is beyond our fathoming? With Zophar, we are inclined to say, Zophar was one of the uh, three friends of Job. Like Zophar, we are inclined to say, Can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? With Isaiah, we see the Lord sitting up upon a throne high and lifted up, and we hear the voices of the flying seraphim as they cover their faces, as they cover their feet, as they cry continually, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And we too answer, like Isaiah, woe is me, 
for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and before my eyes I see the King, the Lord of hosts. Rather than even even fainting to imagine that we, creatures of dust, would ever be able to imitate God, we feel like we have fallen down on our knees, saying with Simon Peter, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And we understand, like John, who similarly overcome by the majesty of the Lord, says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead one. How can we imitate God? Well, I think Paul is getting at two things. We can imitate God as we strive to be holy. We don't hear that word very much. To be holy. To pursue righteousness. To flee from sin. To kill the old man that resides in our chest. To be holy. To be pure. To be loving. To be kind. To be different from what the world is all about. To not pursue the agenda of the world, but to be like Jesus. If we want to see what holiness is, what God is like, we look to Jesus. You know, if you were to attend through the 70s and 80s and the 90s, uh, every year, the second Saturday of August, all the Malones would gather together. And one year, I looked around, and it startled me how freakish the assembly was. We all looked alike. All my dad's brothers and sisters, all his uncles, and all the uncle's offspring had similar characteristics. We weren't twins, but you could see the nose, you could see the eyes, you could see the brow. We're all a little pudgy, and we all looked alike. Some mornings when I'm in the mirror, shaving my face, I look there, and I say to myself, how did my dad get in this mirror? It's freakish. We all want to be like our dad. And Paul says, that is exactly right. We should want to be like our Heavenly Father. As we look in the mirror of who he is, his purity, his love, his creativity, we are called to strive to be like him. And what does it mean to be like him? Well, he says next, Imitate God as beloved children and walk in love. Walk in love. Earlier in chapter 4, he exhorts the Christians in Ephesus to no longer walk like Gentiles in the foolishness and in, in the passions of their flesh. To walk like a Gentile 
is to be consumed with fulfilling the passions of your flesh. And some of those passions may be acceptable. Some of those passions are not acceptable. You know, our culture has successfully unleashed certain passions that they now consider uh, acceptable. And if you don't accept those passions, if you don't celebrate those passions, then you're out of line. You're out of order. You need to be corrected. You need to go back and be retrained. You need to rethink who you are if you want to be part of this organization then you need to have the same priorities as this company. You don't love the X community. You don't love the Y community. And for the world to love is to say everything that person does is okay. But Paul calls us to walk. Not to walk as the Gentiles looking to fulfill the passions of their flesh, but to walk like Christ. To walk like Christ. And to walk like Christ is to have compassion. And to walk like Christ is to love. It's not being nice. Love is not niceness. Niceness is not a biblical category. Love is not emotionalism. Love is not sentimentality. But walking in love is the daily sacrifice of self for the betterment of the person around you. You give up what you want so that your family members, your wife, your children can be better. And to be better is to be more like Christ. Love is to pick up the cross each day and to help your spouse, to help your children, to help your parents to be more like Christ. Christ walked in love. He challenged the religious elite of his day and called them out by name. He protected the prostitute from the self-righteous But didn't say what you do is okay. He said to her, go and sin no more. He gave up himself for us. One of my favorite verses. Romans 5 verse 8. God demonstrated his love for us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What does the love of God? of God look like. It looks like a son on a cross so that we can have communion with the Father. That's what love looks like. It's not giving in to the world's agenda. It's not prioritizing what the world says is important. It's giving up yourself for the betterment of those around you And the betterment of those around you is that they would look more like Christ. To walk in love is to walk next to or behind Jesus. And what does Jesus say? If you want to be with me, you have to pick up your cross each day 
and follow me. The daily picking up of the cross is the daily sacrificing your agenda for the agenda of Jesus Christ. And that may be being ostracized, being misunderstood, being pigeonholed, but what I have found over and over again, when things are dark and things are bleak, that person who normally wouldn't invite you to the party comes to you in their time of agony and they say, Patrick, would you pray for me? Patrick, my aunt's dying. Would you pray for her? Because they know that you love them. You don't agree with them. You don't accept what they do. But that you would do anything for them. And what does Paul call this? Paul calls this, and we see the echo of this in our liturgy. Paul says that this is a fragrant offering to the Lord. A fragrant offering. We don't have the temple where we uh, take in sacrificial offerings. We have the once-for-all offering of Jesus Christ. And as we die to self and yield to God, the, the fragrance, the smoke, the essence of that self-sacrifice wafts up to the heavenlies. And God is well pleased. Biblical love has nothing to do with our feelings or with sentimentality or being politically correct or nice. Imitating God is being holy, walking with Jesus in love, and loving those around us. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.